All right, we're talking uh, our friend Soren Bowie, Family Guy, Jeopardy. Welcome to the View with us, where we talk about the news of the day and how we feel in our hearts. And you know he's going to keep this. He's not going to redo this. He's just going to let this happen. AKA Frame Rate, the show where we rate frames. Hey, hey, who said hey? I'm blind. I'm uh, <laughs> I'm one of your co-hosts, Abe Epperson. Mm-hmm. And our third co-host this week. Hi, this is me. I'm Daniel O'Brien. Abe, I just want to clear the air. You were uh, addressing me seconds ago, and I am incapable of speaking until I'm introduced on a podcast. It's a very... Oh, really? <laughs> it's really, really weird. I have an awkward, awkward time knowing I, I free ball it <laughs> as is apparent every time. And every time I'm like, we should have a codified system like Jack has. He always says, it's been a goddamn pleasure to have you. And you're like, oh, it's wrapping yeah. up. Like, we don't have that. We always stare at each other and go, are you, do you, are you, Abe, are you going to talk first? I forget what, what we're recording. I don't know what the yeah. show does. Yeah. You do, what you do well, though, that I, uh, as a, a podcast veteran, um, I would implore everyone to try to do the same thing is you start the podcast with, this is the show Frame Rates, where we rate frames. It's very quick, but, um, now people know that this is a podcast where you talk about movies critically with guests, and that's so important for podcasts. <laughs> yeah. I don't know why every podcast doesn't start with, hey, this is the podcast where we talk about pop culture and the president's not involved, and every week right. we have a new this, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. today's topic is blank. Like, even my favorite podcast, Reply All, Great they show. don't, uh, tremendous show, they don't tell you what their show is about in the beginning. You're just dropped in, and they're like, hello, I'm PJ, this week I talked to a woman who was murdered in prison? I'm like for your your tech internet show? <laughs> I don't yeah. understand. Yeah, I don't no, like you. That Fun fact: we've had twelve episodes, and we forgot to say that for ten of them. So we're <laughs> we're back on track, people. Oh really? I thought we said it. Every like time. the last no, the last intervening like oh. eight episodes, we have not said it. So oh really? Or maybe we said it at the end. I'm glad we drew some yeah. attention to it. Well, I don't listen to podcasts. So. <laughs> we're talking Maverick. Yeah, 1994? Yep, confirmed. 1994, Warner Brothers. Richard Donner. Vehicle, directed Richard, by Richard Donner, Donner and William Goldman. What the fuck? Fuck. Okay, and- so William Goldman wrote Princess Bride, which we've covered before. A great writer of this era. Donner did what? The Goonies. Lethal Weapon. And the Goonies eventually, right? Yeah, the Goonies. Yeah. Lethal oh, Weapon. he did all the Lethal Weapons. All three. Yeah, yeah three of them. Maybe S- the fourth. Powerhouse, yeah. cast and crew. Yeah. And Maverick. And Maverick. Who put this on the list to cover? Was it you, Abe? I think so. Okay, because I remember as a kid having a very special place in my heart for this movie, then forgetting about it for like the last 15 years. And when we made a list of movies to cover, I saw that on there. I was like, oh, Maverick. I remember yeah. Maverick. It is unique. It made me, it made so much sense to realize it's by William Goldman. Yeah. Because it's uniquely delightful in the same way Princess Bride is. Right. Nobody writes movies like William Goldman. He's so fucking good. I... I they're just fun. Love and how full playful of joy. they are. Yeah, yeah. Um, I music by Randy Newman. Music, music by Randy Newman. Any one of the Newmans doing music <laughs> is gonna be and is gonna be great. And I forgot it was him. I remember rewatching it this morning that I remember liking this music. And I I'm like a sucker for Aaron Copeland Americana Western music <laughs> stuff. And so I'm. Almost everyone does it really well. I'm very excited about it. And then I saw it was Randy Newman. I was like, this is just a fucking. What a day. What it's, a what I, a morning. What a <laughs> I guess yeah. Aaron Copeland must be easy to imitate mm-hmm. because if you're yeah, if you're not down with the classical, check out Aaron Copeland. 
because all the music you think of as Western music yeah. is derivations of his sound. And yeah, like you said, Randy Newman is basically just channeling him. Yeah. And he and does an excellent job. I did think the score was crazily carpeted wall to wall over every scene yeah. without exception. Like it was weird how the music was just kind of. I think that's there. an homage to the TV show. And I didn't know it was based on a yeah. TV show, right? Which is amazing Starring because James Garner. James Garner. James Garner, who plays uh, Sheriff Zane Coop in this Maverick spoiler alerts, turns out to be Maverick's father in the end. Yeah. That's played what, the original Maverick, which makes this I movie a know, sequel to the show Maverick. Kind of, yeah. Uh, I didn't something I never noticed because I hadn't seen this. I watched it like maybe a year ago, and before that, I hadn't seen it for like the longest. I'm sorry, time. that's insanely frequently. You're like, it's been a while since I've seen Maverick. <laughs> so like, so I've seen Maverick three times. This last viewing was the first time that, I, and I feel so like it's one of those Goldmanisms. It feels so obvious once you realize it that it, with the twist and all, when Brett says, played by Mel Gibson, my pappy used to say, he says it a few times yeah. in the film. The one time he says it in front of the Zane Coop, uh, he rolls his eyes. Yeah. And I'm yeah, just I like, oh, it. shit. I, I read that on the trivia page, but I didn't notice it at the time. Oh, yeah. The thing I, ne- I couldn't have gotten as a kid because I hadn't seen those movies. They were too intense, my parents decided, <laughs> was the goddamn lethal weapon. Yeah. Fucking fourth wall joke, which is actually way ahead of its time as far as willingness to break the reality of the movie for a joke. And I loved uh, there's a Danny Glover cameo where a bank that Maverick's in gets robbed by Danny Glover, Corey Feldman and someone else. And without exchanging any words as clues. Uh, Danny Glover and Mel Gibson just look at each other and keep double taking like why do I recognize do I you? From you? Some- nah, nah, I can't be. And they just go their separate ways and Danny Glover rides into the sunset saying, God, I'm getting too old for this shit. Which is famously Murtaugh's catchphrase from right. With the Weapon. Yeah. Right. And like, it's really cute and fun. Uh, I'll like lose my mind thinking about it though. Because like, what are we... What does it mean? What are we saying? <laughs> are these connected in the same universe? Like, no. Why no. did we do that? Why did, why did it's we a do it? And there's it's very like strange uh, nods in this film. Because not only that, like, uh, she shrinks his shirt, mm-hmm. which also happens in Lethal Weapon 2. Yeah. It does? Yeah. And they're all directed by Richard Donner. So I feel like it's a Donner. Th- it's Richard Donner really feeling himself. Yeah. This was the time that he was, like, reigning. Yeah. So Richard Donner's probably like, you know. It's for Donner fans. It's the Donnerverse. He's building right. out this universe. Right. He's doing a concert. It's like, they're going to expect me to play Piano Man. The audience is going to want some Lethal Weapon. So right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Let me uh, just drop of, some in there. Also, one of the Goonies should probably be in it. <laughs> also, uh, but it's not just his work, too. It's also like, it's. I also got Mel Gibson. And uh, I read on one of the trivias that I didn't notice, but it's clear homage to Road Warrior. Which is when yeah. he, after the hanging, he is dragging a tree limb mm-hmm. at his feet, trying to chase after a horse. And that's like almost a shot for shot. He's chained by the neck to like a muffler or something yeah. that he's dragging through the desert in Road Warrior. I also thought, and these are stretches, but like, or I mean, I, I thought of them myself and there's no corroboration. But like, there's so many homages in it. I mean, there's a bullwhip used. He hates snakes. I feel yeah. like there's indie references. There's right. a giant... Uh, ball. That, nope, that's Mars Attacks. That's Mars Attacks. Okay, there is a, full disclosure because these might be released weeks apart. We recorded Mars Attacks and Maverick on the same day. Yeah, and Maverick's and I'm having crossing trouble. the beams. I'm having trouble keeping them separate. I woke up this morning, watched both of those movies, and then sat 
across from Michael and Abe talking directly into their faces yeah. about them for hours, just getting warmer and warmer yeah, and warmer. It really makes me want to see a Maverick Attacks Mars movie. Yeah. But uh, um, yeah, no, but also the it opens with a guy being hung in the mm-hmm. desert by them kicking the horse out from under him, which is the good, the bad, and the ugly. Uh, Alfred Molina, of course, was in this movie so and good. Raiders. So, Alfred, that's, <laughs> that's something there. <laughs> I do think there's stuff there. When he sees the snake, they do the Sam Raimi zoom, which is a very unique pace that Sam Raimi clearly invented and is mm-hmm. like known for. I think there's references throughout to other westerns and stuff that I appreciated. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, I think more than anything, because like the other thing about like something that goes unknown, because especially for like our generation, is like. Literally every featured extra in this movie is either like a country singer or was in the original Maverick TV show. Or uh, like Lois, all the poker players. Which was all completely Lois Lane is there. there. Yeah. Margot Kidder uh, is one of the women who was trying to build yep. a uh, mission. Reba McIntyre and Clint Black. It's are Dub Taylor. <laughs> Dub Taylor's final film. He yeah. was a cowboy and a lot of old spaghetti westerns. So Western. it was. It just seemed like let's just do an homage to a thing that is like classic Americana at a time yeah. that, frankly, American westerns weren't a thing right now. I right. still loved right. it, and I had no connection to the TV show, so I think it stands on too. its own. Yeah, it also feels like. Like a precursor to like the oceans movies and uh, most of the stuff that yeah. Sandler has done recently, where it's like this is an excuse for my famous friends and I to have a vacation. Like now we're in Hawaii making this movie. That Richard Donner was like, wouldn't it be great if we all went to Nevada and we all just hung out and did a western? Yeah. Well, what's funny is uh, there's long sequences clearly shot in Yosemite Valley. If because if you've ever been, it's super recognizable. You can see Half Dome. They're right by it, and then it'll cut to him returning to camp. Which is just like down the way because he gets back to his party. And it's clearly like Southern California chaparral, hundreds yeah. of miles from Yosemite. Yeah. Like nothing mm-hmm. looks like that anywhere around Yosemite. But uh, so I think it was at a few locations. But yeah, I'm so glad you brought up Ocean's Eleven because the big Good. revelation for me this time uh, is that, and we just covered Ocean's Eleven with Katie, the, I thought it was a Western. And then I realized at the end, the whole time, it's just a heist movie. Yeah. Exactly like Ocean's Eleven, meaning that the main twist will be that the main character always had everything in hand and the whole movie was a scam that was never going to fail. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which is Ocean's Eleven. And having just covered Ocean's Eleven, I got to say, this movie elucidates all the thing I was trying to say about Ocean's Eleven because... It's so much more enjoyable than Ocean's Eleven to me yeah. mm-hmm. at every turn. And all of the cons felt earned. Whereas yeah. in Ocean's Eleven, when they like switch to the SWAT uniforms, I'm like, film grammar dictated that you show us that and you just omitted it to make a fake twist. In Maverick, all the twists are classic, which makes yeah. sense for William Goldman, where it's like, it's like a con, like this thing, mm-hmm. where you're like, the scene transpires, and then at the end someone goes... He was in and on it the whole I think, time. I think <laughs> the key is that there's fewer characters, so mm-hmm. they're they they are not they are paying service to the same kind of concept, the heist film. But in one, it's about the gang getting the gang together. Everyone plays their role, plays their part. That's one type of like that's more of a mobster movie mentality mm-hmm. versus this, which is you know very much true. Like it's a smaller, more like the Sting, where it's it's kind of more noir esque. Yeah, you know. Um, I agree with that. I want to talk about what, how much of a, like a physical impact on me, on like my childhood this made. Mm-hmm. But before we get into any more like celebratory things about this movie, I, I have a lot of like, but fuck Mel Gibson 
Oh yeah, like yeah. in my brain, and like just I want the listeners to know that that we're all feeling that this entire time, totally. and like even watching the movie again this morning, getting mad every time I'm charmed by him because his like main thing in this movie is he's very lucky, and he's also just like a very kind person. He's a good guy yeah. who uh, can be pretty selfless a lot of times, and I'm. Watching it and like shake like I know Maverick is nice to Native Americans, mm-hmm. but I know Mel Gibson isn't, and or like even right. that's not like a specific thing that he that he, he has. has I'm with, certain, but I'm sure he has opinions. Really strong, very bad opinions. There's this one moment where he, uh, Jodie Foster's getting off stagecoach, and she like gives her uh, he hands the parasol to her, yeah, instead of like helping her down, which is what she expect. And I went like, huh. That's funny, and then immediately got like, oh yeah, but Mel Gibson has thoughts on women. Right. <laughs> I had that same thought earlier in the movie where she's sneaking back into a window, and he's like, hey, do you need a hand? And she says, yeah. And he just like shoves her through the window, and she hits the floor, and then he laughs and walks away, and he's like, Ugh. that's yeah. a, that's Ugh. in his writer. That's like, well, you know what would be funny? Actually, or at least on the trivia page, they were saying there was uh, the scene where she tries to get on the stagecoach and falls on her ass was really a mistake. And they shot it early in the process. And then Richard Donner thought it was funny to add physical comedy to her character. And so from then on, he constantly looked for excuses to have her fall off. Oh, something. wait, that's oh. why she's clumsy. It wasn't scripted or what wasn't originally scripted. She was clumsy. In The actress actually fell. Jodie Foster fell in one of the first sequences they shot. Mm-hmm. Richard Donner decided to use that take and say, be clumsy from now on in the future. That's one of my least favorite tropes in romance films. Is that the girl is clumsy? Yeah. It's this 80s way, or 90s, I guess, but it's still a throwback way to humanize a female character. Like, well, what if she's clumsy? What would make her different? (laughs) What's her character like? I mean, Maverick is a magic gambler who's very charming and he's friends with Native Americans and he can ride a horse and shoot guns and he's the quickest draw. What if she, like, chokes what if she falls sometimes yeah. or like what if we can we uh, throw in a fart in post yeah, that's her character Amy Wong yeah. from Futurama yeah. yeah and he even that's something I definitely want to bring up R.E. Mel Gibson the man Maverick and it's fitting that we also discuss Mars Attacks today because I realized Mars Attacks is a satire much like Strange Love that's about the elites at the top of society that we put all our trust in are fucking idiots mm-hmm. and the world gets saved or the survival comes about because of humble these like two humble poor families that do various activities that help uh this is the opposite this is like a very standard you should have made that point in the mars attacks episode well i'm making it now (laughs) because what i think is funny about maverick is it is the story of a magical chosen elite man Mm -hmm. who dresses in a tuxedo at all times literally does not know how clothes are washed because he's never his shirt is from Paris, France. Like he's kind of Fraserish. Yeah. He's a New York dude. He's a New York dude who literally has magical gambling powers, can fight off six guys, although it turns out to be fake. Is the fastest draw in the West, although it turns out he can't hit shit. And that's mm-hmm. what I like as they start to slowly undermine him. But the fact is he is a Danny Ocean. Yeah. He is magic. He's the chosen one. He's always gonna come out on top. And the people that are his challengers are poor, dumb, unwashed, like Hicks. Right. So it's it's just like the opposite movie. And that it it troubled me with like what I know about Mel Gibson, especially when I did not realize, and I probably wouldn't have thought anything of it except for the intervening Mel Gibson scandals, that Maverick is bipolar in a frightening way. Yeah. Like there's several scenes where he goes, uh, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. You'd think I'd be mad, right? I'll fucking kill you yeah. if you ever do that again. When his shirt like gets scuffed in the beginning, say, yeah. he's he's very, very angry in like a really in a not playful in way. In a real way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's that's the first time he lets his guard down because the rest of that scene is the whole beginning of, of the movie after the uh, stupid opening where he's on the strangled on the horse. Yeah. Um, the rest of that scene is. Like, masterful flex after masterful flex of Maverick of, I'm going to walk in, I'm going to talk my way into this game, that yeah. guy doesn't want me in this game for some reason, uh, I'm going to say I'm going to lose for an hour, yeah. and then I'm going to do that, and now I'm going to magically like know all your tells. Like I'm a master of psychology and here's human a, behavior. Here's, yeah. a, here's a gunfighter, I'm going to act like I'm, I'm spineless right now, and then like, boom, I'm the fastest Turn out straw to be a West. better gunfighter. Turns fighter. out I'm great. Yeah. Uh, get called gutless by a lot of people. Beat up six guys, <laughs> yeah. do it charmingly, and constantly flex all day, flex all day, flex self deprecating jokes yeah. one by doing one. It. Yeah. Get the only woman House in the cards. room to fall in love with me yeah. over the course of doing all these things. Yeah. <laughs> and then he gets a scuff on his shirt and fucking flips out. And he just like loses his mind and is not playing the Maverick character anymore. It's just playing. Uh, he's some, playing some, lethal weapon kind some of. Some PA that, was late with, Michael, with Mel Gibson's coffee. Yeah. No, I think that that's... I think they're dipping into the lethal weapon thing. Where they're he like, can flip out on a Yeah, they, yeah. They, they want that because that's his character. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like reminiscent of that. But at the same time, nowadays, when you see Mel Gibson go... My lucky shirt is fucking scuffed. Yeah. You, woman, wash my shirt. You're like, oi, yeah. Mel Gibson, less charming. You want, do not say the word Jews. Do yeah. not say the word Jews. Yeah. But he is charming in this movie, which makes me really So mad. charming. Um, but the impact, like my family he, loved uh, this movie. He, with. Uh, he uh, always likes to be called yeah. Arthur. Yeah. <laughs> he says about his mule. <laughs> yeah. Um, my, when this movie came out, two things happened with my uh, brothers and me, we all got little cowboy guns and tried to, to like toy ones, obviously, and just like practiced <laughs> yeah. spinning them for a long time. Like we just like wanted to be Maverick quick draw. Oh, damn and also, thing won't stay in the holster. Every, must be a spring yeah, in there. <laughs> must be a spring in there. Uh, <laughs> and everyone in my family will occasionally, uh, frequently alone, pull out a deck of cards and see if I can make the Ace of Spades come out magically. Right. And right. I cannot. But really. Never, because also in his narration, maybe once, but like I, once out of fifty-two times, yeah. probably. That's what I was. <laughs> when thinking. I run out of cards, sure. Because in the narration, he says the whole purpose of my life, and of course, it ends up winning the day at the end, which he didn't need because he already had the money in right. hand. Um, is his ability to magically pull an ace of spades, and he says, "Of course, it doesn't always work. In fact, it's never worked." Yeah, and he's a lifetime poker player. Who has always tried to do this since he was a child? It's actually crazy that he's never got to the Ace of Spades yeah. before. It's not that crazy. If he's done it hundreds of times, yeah. But it's like, um, what is it? There's more combinations of, uh, like, it's something. It's some outrageous mm -hmm. scale number. More combinations of a way that, like, the way that a deck can be shuffled. Very, very high probability. In fact, it's infinitesimal that any other deck that anyone in the world has ever shuffled is exactly like that. It's also right, but that am I wrong? And under is my understanding of probability wrong that if he did it fifty-two times, it should happen it's once? Also, no, it's worth remembering it's like 52 that factorial. It's worth remembering that he's the game isn't. I can find the ace of spades whenever I want. Is the magic trick, and I I've never done it before. The game is you can get the card you want by thinking about it really hard. So I think if he was just trying to get the ace of spades right. and had infinite time, that seems 
likely that he would find the ace of spades. But he's saying over hundreds of times being in poker games being like, two of clubs, two of clubs, two of clubs. Fuck, ace of spades. Like, just not oh, being able to I actualize. thought it was always ace of spades because it's we see him do card. it three times and he always goes, ace of spades, come on, ace of spades. And the opening shot is an ace of spades and yeah. the winning card is an ace, ace of spades. spades yeah. But you're right, why wouldn't he, if he needed an eight of hearts, that's what he yeah. would be hoping for, He also, for, in obviously. the movie, materializes the queen of hearts after he sees Jodie Foster at one point. He's oh. Like, this is after he's done the magic trick for real. That. And she leaves him to wherever the fuck... She claims to be from. Mobile pulls Alabama. out a card. It's uh, Queen of Hearts. Looks at, looks off at her and like smiles to himself. Yeah, ah, I, I like that. Like, I didn't notice. Uh, that's not the only way he could have won that hand against Alfred Molina. At the end, he Angel. didn't need the ace. He could have had a small straight, right? Oh, he could have had a straight, straight flush. to the ten. Right, it's yeah. still yeah, it a straight nine, flush. Nine, yeah. to, to, nine to queen instead yeah. of ten to king. Or nine, or ten to, nine right. to king instead of ten to ace. ace yeah. Also, Just did you manage to be pulled out the, the card? And it, was like, I just, it was a nine. It's a, I wanted the ace, I but still I still won. won. See, that's, <laughs> the thing. that's why I think it's a beautiful thing, because it's William Goldman, to me, saying, like, he not just won, he won in the best way possible. Yeah. Right, and also, he had always won because, as it turns out, there was a complicated scam involving his father as chief of security for the competition, right. so they were always going to get the money, even yeah. if he lost. Which I think is funny, because the whole theme of the thing is, he's only doing this to see how good of a poker player he is. Yeah. But no, he always wanted the money and was right. going to get the money. <laughs> did, you, did you guys notice that uh, at one point, I wrote it down, because uh, Annabelle Bransford, Jody uh, Foster. Foster, says, if by small, uh, when he gets the money for her, uh, uh, he says, if by some small chance you happen to win, I'll be expecting 50%. Mm-hmm. And then Foster replies, which doesn't make sense, but it's just cute. Well, then I'll be expecting 50% of your winnings, Mr. Maverick. At the end of the movie, Mrs. Branford ends up making off with 50% of the winnings. Yeah, right. That's so Everything works wonderful. out. <laughs> yeah. she, she called her shot and she made it. I... Really wanted to play poker again after watching this movie. Mm-hmm. So I haven't played poker in a while. Wanted to smoke cigars. Uh, didn't want to Sit take a bath. bath with my dad. <laughs> really strange thing. Really strange choice this movie made. It was like, and they, let's celebrate by getting in this tub together. I, then Jodie Foster comes in and makes a joke about how, oh, I guess the water's chilly because you both have small dicks and I can see the resemblance. And they look at each other's dicks. Yeah. They like peek over and go yeah. like, is she right? Oh, Pa, your dick is a good size. I don't know what she's going on about. We came from the same dick stock. <laughs> Did you guys notice that his very first winning hand in the entire movie is three sixes? Mel Gibson, six, six, six. I just think it's good foreshadowing for how his year is going to turn out. How he's going to turn out as a person. No, he wins with he wins with three sixes twice in the movie. I don't yeah. like why. Why would you put? Why would it yeah. be that? It's got to mean the something. Amounts of uh, I, don't, I don't think it does. Satan. The number of the beast. Does. I mean, uh, that's actually a mistranslation of the Bible. You guys, six one six is the number of the beast, not six oh, six. And it's not okay. even necessarily an evil thing. We don't know what it means. But locally, you've always been gutless. Bible. <laughs> All right, here's something I want to talk about, which is one of the things that I like. And stop me if it's just like, yeah, everyone knows this, because it feels so obvious once you think about it. But I don't know why it took me so much work to get here. I think it's one of the most brilliant parts of this script, uh, which is just the idea that literally every character, except for the characters we don't really get to know, you know, like the one of the people on 
the boat. I kept looking for Dan Hedayat because I love him the whole movie. Right. And he is billed in the opening credits with a full like name. He's just a gambler. He's just a gambler who doesn't speak in the background of some of the poker shots. Yeah. Very weird. Okay, <laughs> so here's where I'm getting at. Is uh, every single person in this movie by the end of the film does something dishonest by the end of the film. Every single person. You cannot name one. Yeah. Even the church building nuns guilt trip Maverick into getting right. back ten the ten percent. Like everyone it everyone is playing everyone constantly. Yeah. And it's just like that's crazy. Yeah, it's a movie about like but that's not true about like Ocean's Eleven. Right. Like Tess is not like Try doing schemes like there's always characters who are like right. fallout happens. Every yeah. character is a con man. Jody Foster ha- is a, a con man. The it, Commodore. It's a pretty Chief cynical Joseph point of view. Yeah, man. even Graham Greene is scamming him out of some of the money that. Yeah, he plays he, Joseph. That he earned yeah. by getting shot by the Russian dude. Yeah, yeah. the Russian Russian dude, dude blameless. Yo, right. <laughs> well, he's hunting man. Is that a scam though? Yeah. Is that dishonest? The only guy that I can see. The only guy that I. Once again, this kind of goes with the caveat of there's obviously extras. Some of yeah. them are probably very good people. Uh, but the only character that I can think of is that fucking guy who leaves the poker table and tips his hat mm-hmm. and just exits. Yeah. He seems like a great guy. No, there's, there's a couple good people. There's also that guy who uh, Jodie Foster knocks out and is like, well, this has been a delight and that was worth every penny. I hope really you enjoyed win. losing to you. Yeah. yeah. There's another guy. There's that, a couple like, like decent people at the poker tournament who are extras essentially. But yeah. spirit animal guy is a guy who gets up, walks away from the table, stops, looks back, and like the weight of everything he just did falls on him, and he and he like staggers a little bit. I love like, that shot. Yeah, yeah. He I've leans also against lost the column. Yeah. He leans against the column <laughs> and covers his face after like he had just walked off really confidently. It's, yeah. Without saying a word, putting so much into a moment of like you've. Your partner doesn't know you're here. Your your wife doesn't know that you <laughs> yeah. did this, and you thought coming home with half a million dollars would be such a great surprise. But coming home down twenty five thousand is the reality yeah. now. Oh, and that old old man that they threw off the boat for cheating. Oh my fucking god, he's he like drowned, dead. right? He's dead. He can't swim to shore from <laughs> yeah. the boat. He's like well, an what a cute man. way of falling off a boat. Yeah. By the way, thank like, you, Sheriff. Old thank you, Coop. Speaking of the people who are dead on the boat, I mean, I know it doesn't. Dob. Dead on boat. Um, uh, Maverick it gets trapped in his boat room, hotel room, and <laughs> it gets lit on fire. And he has to sneak out by going on the steamroller thing. Yeah, and then dramatically makes it in time for the game. sits down and tells no one that boat is still on fire. He left his room on fire and sat down That's and was funny. like, let's play. Yeah. No one's ever... Holy shit, the boat's on fire. Some casino oh, Yeah, there's good moments like that. Alfred Molina drops one of the all-time lines. Uh, he says, I was always going to get Maverick, but this time it's personal. Yeah. I love that. There's, I mean, they play trope hockey real hard in yeah. this movie. I, I also love, like, it, it feels like a like a naked gun nod of mm-hmm. like the whole, how dumb the six guys who are like fake the, uh, yeah. the fight with Mel. Like, he's like, I'm going to, here's a hundred dollars. And give then me he, change. Give me change in the hands. Of they the- never reveal that the hundred is counterfeit, but you got to assume it is right. I assume that Either was way, a con he ends where he up got real the- money by trading fake money. I thought right. he got the money that he got 
equal to more than a hundred dollars. Yeah, I thought or, that was the bit. Or exactly a hundred dollars. Oh, I see. Yeah. Or it could have also been counterfeit, but I, I don't wasn't think doing they any never math. Did that. I don't yeah. think they gave you an opportunity to do math. They don't do the reveal where you find out how that con works, but you assume it works because everything always works. They out. are they're they're like, they oh, are so man. cartoonish. You're right about yeah. them that Alpha Molina is like, what's so fucking funny over here? And they're like, oh, <laughs> yeah. we're just laughing, but uh, pe- getting paid by Maverick to pretend to get <laughs> yeah. beat up to uh, intimidate <laughs> you. You, you're the rube in this one. <laughs> yeah. You're our mark. That's right. Yeah, That's why just, it's funny to us. He yeah. paid y'all to fall down. <laughs> Should have called me. I would have let you fall down for free, which doesn't make sense not, because they got paid by him. You're misunderstanding this <laughs> transaction, <laughs> Angel. <laughs> They're like, oh, you could beat us up for another hundred. <laughs> I don't understand why. So Maverick and Pappy Coop were always going to end up with the money because Coop was always going to double cross the Commodore and mm-hmm. the Commodore was going to either win the money or Coop was going to steal it from the winner. No matter what, they called an angel to murder Maverick, and also Which Coop didn't know about. Coop didn't know about Commodore did, and uh, Angel was working with the dealer to cheat at the game. What? So I'm in the weeds. Yeah, like I don't yeah. like the thing that occurred to me is the this, corruption of the dealer. I think really well also, rings out strangely to me. Did the Commodore always know like months in advance? There's this one poker player, Brett Maverick. <laughs> he intends to enter the competition, and if he does, he will win. <laughs> I have to murder him. Yeah. <laughs> like, how did he know that Maverick was his greatest ultimate threat that needed to be neutralized? And then furthermore, I think something that's, I guess, believable because he's old and it could be a decision you could make, but it's still sad and they kind of gloss over it, is at the very end, Maverick says to Coop, because Coop really was a lawman for many years, because yeah. obviously, because his reputation precedes him, and that's how he gets this job. Mm-hmm. And then Maverick's like, "How does it feel, you old man? You were so proud of being like a force for good, and now everyone will forever know that you're like a yellow-bellied traitor criminal." And he goes, "You're right. I threw away everything I've worked my whole life to gain for that money." And he's like, "But at least we got the money." And I'm like, "Wait, yeah. <laughs> that's..." Sad for you, that man. You can't That's go crazy. Home. The yeah. two of you can't go anywhere together. It's so much money, tubs. though. I so, get. I'm saying, I guess he did well, decide. I'm an old man now. Fuck it. But it's I, like I it's read, hard for me to think of like Wyatt Earp raising a shithead son who's a con man, and then the son is like, "Do you want to help me rob something?" And he's like, "I guess I'm old. Why not? Let's rob it." I, I was reading about the inflation rate between when this is supposed mm. to happen and now. Mm-hmm. Twenty five thousand dollars, which was the buy in would be today's money over six hundred thousand dollars so and how many people sure so, so we're i'm not like, throwing away my life's work so a like, half but million for like six million roughly then right no no no, no. we're talking like 50 million dollars oh right no double that yes it's yeah. like 12 million because six would be 250 and 250 times two is five but it's half a million d- all right, we'll, we'll cut this out. <laughs> Divide a million dollars by 250,000. How many times is that? Four. No. Yes. 40. 250,000 is one quarter of one million. 25,000, sorry, I made a But 25,000 is the buy-in, not the prize. The that's prize where is... all the prize is coming from. Right. <laughs> so that's where the million dollars comes from. Now, if you do... No, it's not a million. It's a half a million. I thought it was a million and they were going to split it's it. Definitely it's definitely a half a million. million. Oh, it's a half million? Mm. Okay. So, it's it's like, so I agree with you that it's a lot of money, but no, like, we're figuring this out. 25,000 oh. <laughs> is to 600,000. 
as half a million is to X. Yeah. So X, 25,000 X mm-hmm. equals 500,000 times. Fuck it. Move on. <laughs> yeah. I agree that it's a lot of money. I mean, $500,000 is still a lot of money right now. And even with, in, but with inflation, it would be some, some large amount of money. We all agree. I think agree. it's 12 million or 120 million. Okay. But I'm not sure which. Neither of those is the right <laughs> amount of money for me for to, to throw, throw away <laughs> like my identity. Like, like your legacy like, like for just, all time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Coop is... But 125 million, though. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There's a line for somebody. But I think it's... I think it's because it's... I mean, obviously, it's just because it's a fun movie. But I, I think it's... Like, you, you mentioned it as a sequel... And I don't know, like, you can't think of it like that, because if Zane Cooper is this, like, long con, then like, Then he's not Brett Maverick, he, right. So do you, was he Brett Maverick and then, like, dipped out and then, like, came back as Zane Cooper uh, and became a lawman? Like, no, I think you're right that it's not. I think it's like Danny Glover, where it's like, he's not literally Maverick, but mm-hmm. it's cute that he's in this because yeah. he played Maverick. Well, yeah. Speaking <laughs> of magic, though, there was a uh, deleted scene. Yep. With a yeah. wizard. With a wizard where he's like, uh, even though he doesn't pull out the ace of spades, he says straight, uh, the the person who's, I forget who's playing. The, Linda Hamilton. No. Mm-hmm. No fucking He's playing way. him. The wizard. Wait. Linda Hamilton? There's yeah. a wizard? No, this yeah. is a cut scene. What cut scene with like a magic person. At the beginning. I made, I was joking when I said Oh, really? Wizard. Oh, no, no you're yeah. spot on. So there's a deleted scene where he interacts so, with a magic so person. So the scene. You pilled wizard out of a deck of cards and you were correct. You were correct. Right so story. here's the scene. The scene is that Maverick goes to this person like an alleyway or whatever and is like. What is she, a shaman or she, what? Yeah. And, she, and She's Linda Hamilton from Terminator 2. Yeah. Oh, okay. she, uh, <laughs> they have a discussion at some, I guess, about like, he thinks he's magic. And he can and pull she's a card. Like, the machines will like, bathe us all prove in flame. It, <laughs> prove it. And uh, Maverick tries it and fails. But then she, like, either to him or, like, direct to camera, I assume, uh, just says, like, he didn't pull it off, but there's magic in him. Like, yeah. I can tell you're magical. She, and she makes it, like, happen. she makes it definitely official and not, this could just be luck, uh, that he is a person with magic inside of him. Do you think this is a movie about luck or fate or both or does it just use those things as props but make no comment about I think he, them? They, we use them as props yeah, yeah. okay because I, I could not tell if there's like lines that would be resonant to that theme because he often says like no it's not skill I, I i just get lucky sometimes that's all and foster says twice i'm just having a run of bad luck so like luck is this mystical force but he also talks about how he's magic and the chosen one which would yep. be like fate and then they just kind of drop it, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Run okay. of Bad Luck is also a song in the during the beginning of the poker tournament by Clint Black. They play, the they play two country songs that are not Randy Newman very mm-hmm. clearly toward, in the third act, and I hate them both very much. <laughs> <laughs> They're like turbo tonk classic country songs. We, and do you know where they written for the film? Because the lyrics do no, mirror what's going weren't. on. Or they at least the Clint like, Black one yeah. wasn't right. was on an album. But it is like, it's like, lady, don't you mess around on me. Maverick <laughs> is kind of like magic. Yeah. <laughs> Pull out that ace of spades, y'all. Bert Maverick. There's another of the least believable parts of this movie for me is when he takes out the ace of spades and looks at it. It's very clear that people behind him would be able to see his card. <laughs> And start screaming. <gasps> and they just didn't. Like, he takes right. out the card, and there's no behind them. just like, you did it. Why aren't you screaming, Maverick? You got it. Yeah, you <laughs> did it. Oh, he did it. What a great guy. 
He also, uh, it's like a cardinal sin in poker. He like slow rolls it. Mm-hmm. Like, and also the Commodore always does that. This is in like... Is that a cardinal sin in poker? Yeah, you're not supposed to show your hand one by one. You're supposed to flop Why? It's so much more dramatic. I know, but... I think that's Season card players are like... I think you're because making... you're not allowed to like ruffle people that way. Yeah. It's but people do all kinds of fucking yeah. head games to, yeah. to get in your head. I don't know. Um, I'm not... I don't know enough about poker. I'm not a good poker player. So. I'm still in the weeds with this uh, dealer who's working with Angel. That right. doesn't make any sense. To I me. don't. Yeah. So, did the Commodore know that he was cheating right. with Angel? And was Angel <laughs> cheating the entire game? Is he like not a good poker player? Yeah, what Angel, is he doing? Was yeah. Angel cheating on the Commodore's behalf, or did he have his own sub agenda that cut in the dealer? Because <laughs> what I think it is, just based off of the rules of this movie, is everyone, everyone's dishonest all the time so to Angel each other. Must also, lie there's to the double Commodore. crossing. Yes. Yeah. So he's still gonna try to win and get the money because there's money on the table. What a movie! <laughs> what a what a movie! Yeah, they get half the money because Maverick stowed it in his boots. Mm-hmm. I still want to figure out this math. What a it mean still... thing Joseph did! Oh, I by like... taking his money while he yeah. wasn't looking and chewing him, That's... and having him shot get shot. It's by such rifle. a great prank. I really, yeah. I I really love that character, and and it's difficult and in fact wrong to uh, give any credit for any kind of progressiveness to a movie with. Mel Gibson and a character who is called Angel only once, but for the most part is the Spaniard. Uh, oh man, played his, by Alfred Molina. His introduction is the first time I slapped eyes on this hombre, I smelled trouble and refried beans. That's right. That's anyway, right. That's oh boy! Um, but Graham Greene, who you recognize as a phenomenal actor who's played a Native American almost any time they have yep. needed, talks uh, out the side of his mouth in a very pleasing yeah, way. Yeah, he's in Die Hard with a Vengeance, and he's great in it. He's a lot great in of TV everything. actor too. He. Uh, was, I I thought a, a fairly sensitive portrayal, uh, and I, I I know like two Native Americans in my life, so I'm not yeah. I'm talking out of my out of my ass here. But he wasn't played for laughs. He was competent. He well, was there were laughs, funny. But the things you laughed that he got our number. Like he would bitch about the white man, right? In ways that you're like, that's funny. That he wasn't yeah. played for laughs. Is, exactly. Is the thing. Yeah. He's a he's a character that's allowed to be funny and and yeah. allowed to be sharp and and like he does his little pranks and like i bought their their friendship which must have been a real stretch for mel gibson yes but i really thought like yeah these guys have been around together this, this is like this is a guy that maverick would like and they even gave mel gibson the line uh yeah i try to shoot an indian a day you know i figure it's their fault for being on our land before we got here yeah and i'm like that must have burned your mouth yeah. to say mel gibson. <laughs> just sitting on set like i believe the first half of this line yeah. <laughs> anyway Grant a, Green, a great looks job. like he's about to defend mel in a big way no no i just didn't uh, i don't i don't I know hoping one of us would mm-hmm. be die hard like no i love Okay. I just don't know what his views on Native Americans are. I don't either. We all I'm, know what he thinks about. I know Jews. his general views on like the races, mm-hmm. but we haven't heard him speak on Native Americans. It would be it would be shocking, but not impossible for yes. me to find out that he really loves Native Americans. Like, he's think, like this. This is their land. And first. This is their land, and they should take it back. Yeah, I but just I'm don't know. Going out on a limb because I don't care for Mel Gibson. Yeah. And, I think I'm right on this. I think at this point I assume <laughs> ill intention in his yeah. heart most of the time. But yeah. uh, but for the script writer, it, it's incredibly progressive to the point where you're like, I don't know if a cowboy would even be that cognizant at that time, but it's yeah. fun to have that line in there. 
Um, what did you guys think about <coughs> narration from a writing standpoint? Because I think about narration in movies a lot, and sometimes I think right. it's a uh, crutch. I think when it's done well, it's it's the most fun you can have in the world. This one does what a lot of movies do with narration, where it starts with it, and then it goes away, and you forget it until he leaves Chief Joe's camp. I like, he, that, yeah. he talks in the beginning, he's like, oh, I, I first laid eyes on this ombre, and now I bet you're probably wondering why I'm up in this tree. End of narration until he leaves Joseph's camp. 50 and minutes like, later. Yeah, he's like, well, I had to leave Joe's camp because if I stuck around long enough, he would do some kind of scheme and try to get me out of my money. So yeah. it was time to get back to the other characters. Yep. Guess and I'll then, hit the old dusty trail. Then narration's gone again. <laughs> then that's yeah. it. Yeah, it's not great. And then at the end, right before credits, he goes, this has been Brett Maverick. Hoping you all enjoyed the movie. <laughs> yeah. that's Stick actually, around. My career's going to take some strange twists. Uh, yeah, I think that's the worst form of narration is inconsistent narration that you didn't need because yeah. the plot points were clear without it. And similarly... I didn't need the time disjoint. I don't know why it started with him being hanged. Then at the midpoint, we catch up to him being hanged. And then a series of additional adventures ensue. Yeah. It's really just a bunch of uh, adventures. One of which is That's, the time he almost got hanged. Yeah. And I didn't need to like start with it like it yeah. was going to be important. It He's, starts so seriously, too. Yeah. Like it's, it's The least fun part of the movie is him looking beaten down with a uh, rope around his throat. Yeah. Being sad and like dirty, we cut away from that and are immediately like, "This is the this is what the movie is like." Now we're in the fun parts of the he's movie. Always where he's always clean, like, no matter clean. what, in the West where that's impossible. Here's my my opinion on it: is that like this is once again because I think it's it's poorly used, you know, especially in the hands of a different pen. Like it's not even good writing, but yeah. at least here it's like, oh, it's cute turns of phrase and stuff, but it's not great. But here's the power of. William Golden, Goldman to me is that he he can recognize that this is not why we're here and this movie isn't going to be cha like changing things. It's just a fun little western. Yeah. And it's uh, narration in this way was indicative of that those old westerns, especially the TV show, because it came from TV and that's TV had to be cheap and just like, oh, we got to cut the scene for time. So mm -hmm. let's just turn that into a quick ex exposition on, you know, like narration. Yeah. So it, I think he's, when he's writing this, he's going, I kind of need it, but it's not that I need it. It's just, it's a thing, a, a part of my bag of tricks that I can use yeah. as writing this type of story. I should use it once or twice, mm -hmm. but like not be reliant upon it. You yeah. Know? And if you want to start your movie with, I bet you're wondering how I ended up here. Yeah, record right. scratch. You need narration. That's right. Right, yeah, it's it was dark and stormy night or yeah. whatever, you know. Like he, it's he knows it's bad and it's kind of tongue in cheek, even though it's effective, which makes me go, I don't know if I guess knew, just he, of when, course he knows. Knowing it's bad, I guess I just wish movies like this would be like. Uh, and then I moseyed into town. I was just two thousand dollars short. Okay, you're not gonna hear from me for a while because uh, yeah. there's there's other people for me to interact with now. I've gotten to where I need to go. Uh, I'll check back with you. When I, um, I'm written myself into another corner. That makes <laughs> I think that makes a lot of sense if Daniel O'Brien is writing this yeah. film because like we are all pop culture mechanisms that just like churn out. Like, yeah. Here's what we're thinking about things while we're thinking about. Them. I right. think every movie should have an intermission break where Quentin Tarantino comes on and recaps <laughs> yeah. the story. So here's what's happening. I'm Quentin. Yeah. 
I did the math while you guys were talking. It's twelve million dollars. Twelve million. <laughs> okay, was one of you right? Half a million would be twelve million. I thought equivalent. it was one million for. Some, and that's in two thousand four terms. So I thought it was. So that's fourteen years ago. So okay, even more. Wait, really? Enough to oh, throw yeah, 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 enough yeah. to throw away your career and your nope. legacy. I Not suppose. enough to change no? my life okay. entirely. Especially yeah. because it's true that they not will... even enough to get me to a point where I'm James Coburn lifting a tree branch that I'm going to bludgeon the Commodore to death with. Which he doesn't. Which he doesn't. He but does like, decide it's not worth it to kill a man look for at the his, money. Look at his Mel Gibson family eyes that he's, he's like, I'm going to, he doesn't, he only stops himself when he hears himself out loud say, I've never killed anyone in cold blood before. But here I go. But here I go. <laughs> you know what? I probably and shouldn't And he goes, that. and I guess I won't. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> normally every day I wake up and I'm like, I didn't kill anyone in cold blood before and I won't start today. And uh, nothing's going to push me <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> any closer. Oh, I'm going about my day. <laughs> didn't kill I, anybody again. The, uh, I like the, I like comparing Mel Gibson to Tom Cruise because they're both insane. Sure. <laughs> but in such opposite ways. Like Tom, I would never expect Mel Gibson to do a stunt of his own mm-hmm. because I don't think he cares or gets cancer. <laughs> so I just noticed several things this watch through, like when he's dangling off the cliff. First of all, that's his actual father in yeah. retrospect. And his son is dangling off a cliff and he's like, don't help me ever again. And he goes, mm-hmm. okay. And then he's like, no, help me. I'm going to fall off my cliff to a certain he death. Pulled a gun on his father. That's true, but then his father will let him fall off a cliff to his yeah. death. I mean, they're both terrible. Some of the scenes are really weird in retrospect if you watch it knowing their father and son the whole time, where right. you're like, he doesn't care if his son dies like at all. He yeah. really doesn't. And the only person they have to like actually Con. prove it is Annabelle, who we've already proven if they don't go at lengths to get her in the game, she's not going to get in the game. Well, that's a question I had for you guys. It when when he survives the hanging and it cuts to okay now he's at the riverboat I guess the rest of his trip was uneventful he's in the tournament let's start Act Three Jodie Foster's there and it's taken for granted that a she has six hundred thousand dollars almost mm-hmm. to enter the tournament or Maverick who's been twenty five thousand dollars right but I mean equivalent right. of today oh god um, <laughs> I'm just saying so I'm saying like he stakes a portion of her thing but she somehow has enough money. When did she get so good at poker she decided she was going to enter this tournament? She learned about it from Maverick blowing through town and mentioning it oh, at a poker she, game. Wasn't she always going to do the tournament? Yeah. Okay, maybe I missed it, but I didn't understand. she a terrible southern like, accent. When yeah. did she decide to enter? I didn't I think, never see But that. here's the thing is that he was able to identify over the course of the movie three different tells. And that's funny to me that Annabelle never once goes like, oh, maybe I'm not as good of a poker player. Right. And you never thought. see her win at poker. And then at the tournament, she acquits herself very well all of a sudden. Mm-hmm. I which think her, is surprising. I think her main thing is con artist. I yeah. think she's, she's, she's a, pool a thief and a, and a uh, con woman. And poker is another type of con she could do. It seemed weird that I didn't even remember this when um, Coop, like his introduction, introduction into the movie. It's not even, no one ever articulates, we're all going to the same place, right? That's what I mean. They're like, we're going we're gonna to share a coach. He's like, that's fine. You better not be a shithead, Maverick. I'm, gonna, I'm a cop. Also, Ma- I'm on my way to this <laughs> poker thing. Perhaps right. you guys are aware of it. Maverick also somehow knows that en route, the coach will stop in an area where Chief Joseph will run into him, which he needs to happen because Chief Joseph owes him $1,000. Yeah. See, I don't that's think that just that's unexplained. needed. 
I think he's just trying to get money. Like he see he has you think it is everywhere in this area. So it's coincidence that they. Find I think Chief it's supposed Joseph? to be okay. coincidental because there's no way that he could have known that the stagecoach or the guy would die or that the guy mm-hmm. would die. Yeah. So I, the idea is that Maverick is constantly just rough and tumbling his way through improvising cons. Yeah. And like he could have run into any number of guys and yeah. be like, "Oh, you owe me money. I need money." Right. That's <laughs> yeah. a strange character uh, trait of Mavericks because it seems inconsistent because he's a guy who's always playing poker and money seems very Im- important to him. And you know he's not going to let you rob him, obviously. But he just like very freely lends money to people all the time, and which seems very can strange. guilt him into giving money back, even yeah. though he doesn't seem like a religious guy who would care no. about that. Yeah, and like. You nuns are short three grand for your mission. There's no rule that says you need thirty three thousand or thirty thousand dollars for a mission. Start small, it's fine. That was you, like three thousand dollars does not a huge yeah. difference make. I don't think if you're he has starting a mission a really big heart for an unrepentant gunfighting robber. Yeah, yeah. That, ba- that banker in the first scene is just like, yeah, I. Uh, I don't. I'm, I know I'm a bank, but I don't have the thousand dollars I owe you. And it's like, oh come on, come on, Eugene. Ugh. All right. Well, uh, that was when I needed, but I guess I'll I, 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 just leave. <laughs> but, oh, speaking of the coach driver dying, that is so. Just to finish my little packet about Mel Gibson stunts. Did you notice when he's dangling off the cliff? Oh, right. When he says "Never help me again," and he climbs up, he clearly. Steps on a ledge and uses his legs to like get up and like it completely obliterates the suspension disbelief. And then similarly, I don't think I've ever seen a closer shot cut to a wider shot than when he is leaping up from horse to horse up the front oh, of the yeah. stagecoach <laughs> where it's like super close on Mel Gibson with a rain just whipping in front of his face for four seconds. Super wide of a guy who looks like young Ted Danson, right? <laughs> jumping to the next horse, super close of Mel Gibson going, right. Whoo, that was tough jumping from right. that horse. Camera cuts over to Joe Latrulio <laughs> going, Wow, he's doing it! Yeah. He's jumping from horse to horse. <laughs> he did it, he saved them all. Oh, oh my god, um, I wish this, I don't wish this were the Bechtel cast, I'm happy, but with the company that I have, but I, I, I want more perspective on the Jodie Foster character, which in my head growing up uh, in the 90s was a really cool, strong female character to me because she was allowed to be funny and she like outsmarted people and she gets the last laugh at the end of the movie. But now I'm watching it and I... All that is still true, but she's such a passive character and just even being in love with Mel Gibson when it seems nicer that it might suit her, like when he does a brave thing, then she's in love with him. And She'll get, literally goes like, oh, isn't he just fantastic? Yeah. And you're like, last scene you were doing the it happened one night thing where you're like, I hate you. Well, I yeah. hate you more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then just like when he shows up and magics her the, the money because he sees the Russian guy and, and gets to swindle him out of money. It's just like, yeah, she's really, she's really swooning. You really... You came in and saved the day for her, Maverick. I don't know. I get, I, like her utility as a character seems uh, worse than it was it's very in stilted, my right? memory. And like her if agent, she yeah. was swindling him the entire time and not actually ever in love with him, I'm on board. Like if she showed mm-hmm. up to their bathhouse and was like, "This is how I actually talk. I've been, <laughs> I know, I've been here for the ride. It's dirty rotten scoundrels. I'm the jackal." <laughs> but they didn't do that. She's still like kind of playfully in love with Maverick. 
And they imply, like, I think there's supposed to be a love story for the ages because my question is what now Mavericks achieved not only, oh, I am magic, I'm the best poker player in the world, and I'm set for life. And I saw my dad's dick, like, things are looking good for Maverick. (laughs) My uh, dick is the same as everyone's dick in this room, (laughs) so I feel good. And uh, I assume they'd either be on the lam forever, but instead they're like, well, she stole half our money. And he's like, you don't seem upset. And he's like, you know why? Because it's going to be fun getting it back. So it implies a sequel that we know we're not going to see, where it's like robbers in love hunting each other right that's how they flirt is chasing each other across the west forever and always being paranoid just like i wanted like cigar in his mouth a wink over to be like we're gonna find that money even if we have to kill her just like like, extrapolate your thing man i remember if you guys are in love can't you pool the money and end this madness but it's like we'll fucking find her dude and then i will kiss her once and we'll get out of there i know you said (laughs) gotta play it i know you said that you're like it'd be funny if she comes in like this is my voice but it now dawns on me that we've never heard Jodie Foster's real voice because she even said, he's like, you don't have a Southern accent. She's like, I always thought men love my Southern. And he's like, oh, I, love it, Southern I love it, accent. it just is not authentic. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, to me, I was like, oh. So, and then she talks like that the whole entire yeah, film. They never, right. they never drop that so, for her to be like, this is me. Yeah, it could be. In the sequel, <laughs> that'll never happen. Yes, oh, man. I got your boot money, motherfucker. Yeah, that's right. They, he does tell her that her accent is inconsistent. I guess... And she falls a lot. I guess she just sucks in this movie. I, I guess so, I'm just like no, really yeah. taken by Jodie Foster. No, because she does hold her own in the like tete-a-tete of two con men. I like her introductory sequence where yeah. she basically I realize Maverick's power is besides he's like house or I don't know, whatever character you want to fill in. He sees house. your tell perfectly. I guess Sherlock Holmes. He's a master of human reading or whatever. No, I was saying house before I even knew why you were making that <laughs> yeah. comparison. I was like, I do want to say house. Come on. <laughs> but his other thing is you house always wins all right it's last it's it's the art of war you always feign like you're worse at your thing and Mm -hmm. then reveal that you're good at it that's his only trick he acts like he's bad at poker and it turns out he's good when he enters the fist fight he pretends to use the wrong fist forward and then switches at the last second and is good at fighting similar to princess bride i'm not left-handed neither am i and i realized jodie foster then it pulls the same con on him which i like which is she and it's meta she runs a con that is a fairly transparent con that she knows he will catch her in and pretends, damn, well, now that I failed my con, I guess let's just really bone. And that is the real con. And I was like, that's a very, that's like a very good maneuver. Yeah. But I agree with you that her agency is never the focus. It was unclear to me why she did the things she did, unless it's just that she's like, I kind of have a crush on this Maverick guy. I will follow him across the state just to keep spending more time with him and seeing where this goes. I also like that um, in a call ahead to asshole wizards and Jerry Potter, (laughs) the ultimate con is she shows up with a gun and takes their money. It's like, I'm one of the best con artists. And uh, I waited for you guys to be wet and naked and away from your guns. And now I'm here with my gun. (laughs) The ultimate con. (laughs) There's also three or four times in this movie where people point loaded guns at someone's face as a joke and the other person agrees that's a pretty funny joke yes <laughs> which i find a weird interaction yeah. <laughs> yeah. father to son 
like Mel Gibson to his friend who's asleep. His the, friend wakes up and there's a gun in his face. And yeah, he's like, yeah, the bank teller, and then like, like screams at him, and then someone's like being robbed. No, 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 no. There's just a bit we play. Yeah, I point a gun and he screams. Yeah, we're old friends. He does owe me money, and yeah. I do want it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> look, like, roll the dice, kid. There's a weird resentful <laughs> subtext here, but you know, but you know, hijinks. <laughs> the West. I also yeah. uh, this is only related because it's because it's guns. Uh, when he's doing the fight, why does he tell those kids if I start to lose, shoot me? I really I don't understand that. that. Yeah, who's he, he gets, trying to con there? He gets in a, <laughs> he gets in a fist fight that he knows he knows he's gonna win because he's paid the dudes to take a fall, and then he tells some kids, not so that the crowd can overhear, only the kids. Here's my loaded gun. If I'm losing the fight, shoot me. He knows they're not gonna shoot him because he knows he's gonna win the fight. But for whose benefit was right, that? Right. That's not like a. <laughs> that's not a. a a tough guy thing to say. That's 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 Isn't not like, like I'm so scared of pain that I'd rather be right. dead. That's what it seems like. It, get that's, my ass it seems like that's what he's saying. He's like, I'm gonna be so fucking embarrassed if these six guys beat me up. So just, just kill, kill me. me I can't even spend another minute being alive. If I get a couple cracked ribs, it's not worth it to live anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was weird. I had that same question, but it's such a I don't know. Con movies let stuff slip through the cracks. Yeah, and it's 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 a. Uh, refrigerator moment or a, a ghost on the staircase moment where certainly the first time I hear it... Oh, you it, mean nuking the fridge moment? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, no, certainly the, the first time I hear it, I probably just like take it at face value. That's a cool thing to say. And then yeah. hours later, it was like, no, it's not. Getting shot isn't cool. Yeah, yeah. But certainly right. in the moment, it was like, he tells those kids to shoot him. Wow. Wow. He's, he's really shot for balls. Yeah. He's so bold. It puts everything on the line. Do you guys know who played the gunslinger that he intimidates in the opening poker game? He's, I recognize he's him. He's very familiar to me. Yeah. I don't know. He has those what high from, Jim Brewer yeah. eyes. I don't know that yeah. actor, but the the reason that he freaks out is because the guy was a well known, one of the best in real life. Johnny like, Harden. Harden, yeah. yeah. He real, killed yeah. like forty people in And he famously Got in gunfights at the drop of a hat, like he was fucking nuts. So <laughs> yeah. that's why, you know, that's why they drops it, like his including one of my favorite. I think one of the most charming Maverick bits. Mm-hmm. Can't we just play poker? All right, back to poker. We were playing stud, right? I think I prefer draw. Sorry, kid. Sorry, kid. <laughs> <laughs> I also like him and Annabelle uh, going like. She goes, was that fast? He's like, yeah. That's I love that. Yeah, was that's that my fast? favorite moment. That's a fast, mate. Was that fast? <laughs> I don't know gunslinging, <laughs> but it looked yeah, fast to you me. You know this guy. Yeah, and, and he's like, nah, I've yeah. been shamed multiple times. Is she... Uh... And I really like the reveal that Maverick later says, like, because he's all appearances and it's a great con man attribute. Yeah. I practice drawing my gun until I'm so fast that it's intimidating. I cannot shoot for shit. Like, I can't But then that doesn't, that no, doesn't then become shoots, true because right. he says I can't shoot, especially if it's people. So I need all the help I can get. And then shoots off like trigger fingers. Expertly like, like dispatches Perfectly takes out nine people. Shoots guns out of people's hands. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's because he's ma- lucky. Because he's maverick. Yeah. But I guess if whether they followed through or not, I still like that as a concept. That, yeah. it, that you'd be a Western con man who realizes the ability to draw your gun quickly is way more important than your ability to actually kill men. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's... True in the real, I assume, because of how few people died in the quote-unquote Wild West. Right. Everyone knows that, you know. Well, I also love people in dangerous worlds who embrace cowardice. Abe and I want to do a movie about, like, a hitman who, you know, in modern day, who's who's mainly a sniper. Mm -hmm. 
and is a fucking coward and like that's his main character right. trait and that's why he's good at his job he does he's lived the longest because he's fucking terrified all the time right. i wanted the thing he said in the poker game to be true when he's like no i'm not gonna get in a fight because uh because i might lose and that seems scary and like uh yes i am gutless i'm gutless i'm spineless and i run away all the time and yeah. that's how i'm alive and yeah. then he gets into big fight and like fights many more people several times throughout the movie when really i just He's wanted him to be like no 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 i i the thing i said makes sense you all heard yeah, it yeah. it's a, it's logically sound yeah. you look stupid with how much you want to fight me alfred molina yeah and everyone can tell and in your combination civil war jacket plus some native american tassels i did not get the alfred molina costume at all no and he he wears one set of clothes his entire life. Yeah, I how, how I took much it to be that Molina he's a hodgepodge of murder, like that. Like he would just I murdered that person and I like that jacket. I like that he person, fought with like the Rangers hat. and killed natives and then fought with the natives and killed Rangers. Sure. It just likes killing people. Yeah, he's just a takes their shit. Yeah, wears it. Yeah, I could buy that. I liked Angel. I always liked Molina. I lo- I love Molina. Yeah. I didn't realize because I had never watched the Maverick TV show and I've I know nothing about it except James Garner. Um, I didn't realize that uh, eight episodes into the first season, Bert Ma- Brett Maverick was joined by his brother Bart Maverick, and yeah. for two and a half seasons, like one of them would just be the lead that week, and then the and sometimes they, they would do the Maverick do brothers cons together. But it was a show with that like alternated male leads. That's insane to me. But the show was the movie's true to the show in the sense that it was basically a show about like poker players, a charming yes. no good Nick yeah. who ran cons Which every I week. Assume is why they put into not just as a deflation tech uh, tactic mm-hmm. why Jody Foster would always get his name wrong for yeah. me- like yeah Brett and Bart yeah and now and Bert, Bert. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I read on the trivia page at one point someone mistakenly also calls him Bart and that's supposed to be an homage, homage. to the brother yeah. character yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. have you guys seen the homesman is that Tommy Lee Jones Tommy Lee Jones and Hillary Swank no no I have not I bet it's great it's so fucking great and it's the opposite of the homesman movie. the homesman yeah like a man who's homes no it was a job that existed Talking about house again <laughs> it was a type of job that existed for a brief period which was the west was so brutal you know people would come out set up a little farm lose three of their kids and the husband dies and the mom would be like fuck this i want to go back to the east coast where it's safer with my last remaining kid and i can't i don't you know i don't have like my man or whatever mm-hmm. at the time that was accurate problematic as it may be so there was a job called the homesman you take your life savings and give them a percentage and they would just escort you back to the east to coast the and east put coast. you somewhere safe ah. so tommy lee jones is taking three mentally ill women whose like minds have broken because the west is so hard to live in uh, in a cart to the East Coast, and they're literally like mentally ill in the yeah, extreme. Wow. And it is the darkest. It's like Unforgiveny, where you're like, why? Why did anyone live in the West? Tommy Lee Jones has uh, really settled into his uh, bleak face from that Leathery and like face. the Valley of Allah. And uh, that was great. The Paul Haggis, yeah, Sunset Junction or something. The TV movie he did with on HBO with Samuel L. Jackson. It's he's plays an old man who goes to kill himself which I mean in front of a train. Samuel L. Jackson saves him, brings him to his home and is like, I'm gonna talk to you until you decide you don't want to kill yourself anymore. We're gonna have really long it's Cormac McCarthy. We're gonna have oh. really long talks, uh, and this should be a play and not a movie, but we're both in it. And by the end of it, it ends with Samuel L. Jackson like broken and considering suicide. And Tommy Lee Jones just like laughing and walking See, away. Right. Like like the devil won, the devil convinced 
the Jeez. angel that you you should die. Like I don't know. Yeah, the Homesman is the bleakest western I've ever seen, and there's a lot of bleak westerns. Have you seen? Uh, it just recently came out Hostiles. No. With uh, yeah, I want to Roslyn mm. Pike and mm-hmm. Christian Christian Bale. Bale. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's the same kind of idea. as like like within the first ten minutes, just everyone dies and. Just, Sounds and great. It's just real and it's bad. Yeah. yeah, and it's just like I gotta get you to like civilization because everyone's getting murdered. At the it. opening shot of the homesman is a woman on the prairie holding her newborn baby to her bosom, singing a lullaby, walking through the fields. She gets to the outhouse. And she drops the baby in the outhouse, mm. like it down the hole, and mm. then it just cuts to someone telling Tommy Lee Jones. My wife's gone crazy. She needs to be returned to the East Coast. <laughs> um, it gets bleaker from there. It's We're thinking crazy. maybe Vermont or something. Just yeah. like the air is different. So. Yeah. It's crazy how, because Westerns are such a well-torn tradition, well-worn tradition of American cinema and TV. And a purely cinematic created exercise. created out of the same yeah. era. The idea of what we're talking about and making now, like to me, that's like the Christopher Nolan Western, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, like the Christopher Nolan Batman, just like the darker, bleaker side yeah. of it. Yet it came from the tr- tradition of like Bonanza and of right. like a and fun John Wayne being like, "I'll save your cows!" Bang, bang, bang! The yeah. cows are saved. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you uh, you really went for it with that impression. Yeah. That <laughs> famously impersonated man with a very specific drawl, and you found a new spin on it. Your cows are safe, pilgrims. <laughs> Wayne out. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. Come back, Wayne. Come back. What's <laughs> that? Come back. Come back, Shane. Another Western oh, reference. Oh, yeah. Come back, Shane. Come back. Come back, Wayne. That's a good joke. I was just like, yeah, in your head, I didn't catch that. <laughs> yeah. so I just thought that you invented a little scenario yeah. where there's no. someone who wants him to come Right. Back. I didn't get that joke either. And I just thought, like, there was there were more bad guys torturing the cows. Yeah, yeah. They're like, you've left too soon, John Wayne. <laughs> well, we haven't been talking about Maverick for eight and a half minutes. So we may have reached the end of the episode. Fuck Mel Gibson. Any final thoughts? Fuck Mel Gibson. Good. Let's bracket it with that. But William Goldman, thumbs up. William Goldman. It's hell being Mel. Make, make more movies, William. Your movies are good. Oh, yeah. Does he, is he officially retired? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I haven't kept up. Okay. His books are great, too. He should keep writing scripts. Yeah, he should. He writes scripts and he writes books up that he just like tells stories about the scripts that he that he wrote. Oh, really? And they're they're they're, all... they're really fun. And just him yeah. like like here's what happened when I was making Ghosts in the Darkness, and here are all the problems that happened. I've and heard that's why it's bad. There's a book about the chunk of his life where he was writing Princess Bride, and he mm-hmm. wrote in the hospital when he was really sick, and it's supposed to be like yeah, it's a great biography, like autobiography in its own right. Yeah, he's also he's from the Hollywood spirit, the era that I'm obsessed with as a writer where it just seemed like yeah so i went to california and i walked into the studio and they were like guys we need writers i was like i'll write your movie yeah. and so i started doing some pictures yeah. is that like what, what makes, makes sammy, sammy run, run? Yep. error where they, they were just like the cameras were just rolling i guess and they were like we need some pages we hear you got that word magic boy <laughs> i need eight pages by five o'clock <laughs> yeah and then he reads them. This will yeah. do. This will do. <laughs> he also, speaking of a magic person, he was wanted a book to that his daughters would like, and he was telling them stories at night. And it was like, "What do you want? What kind of story do you want me to tell you tonight? One about a princess. One about a bride. The princess bride. Like, <laughs> it it was just all so easy. Yeah. <laughs> Automatic booger. 
Electric <laughs> butt. <laughs> You're like, electric These are butt. terrible story uh, ideas. Actually, you all girls are scuttling my career. Uh, actual uh, alternate alternate names for uh, the ghost in the darkness <laughs> electric, electric butt. booger <laughs> electric butt <laughs> electric booger Leo yeah. we're done <laughs> uh, folks can find you at find me at twitter at dob underscore inc I tweet jokes and, and whatever is on my mind and if I'm ever uh, doing anything ever again I'll tell you guys <laughs> yeah. about it but yeah mostly I've hiding. seen you an article or two pop up on bunny ears. Oh yeah, I write for bunnyears.com uh occasionally and Michael does too. Occasionally they've been very yeah. nice about just saying whenever you have articles yeah. send them. <laughs> yeah. They've been they've been really understanding of me like pitching a thing and they're like that sounds crazy, do it. And then I start working on it and like I don't think it works. And they're like okay. Yeah, you can beat <laughs> to self veto. <laughs> Abe what? What Macaulay Culkin aligned website do you write for? Uh, uh, don't have a joke mm-hmm. for this. This has been a small beans endeavor. We're a bunch of pals who make podcasts, sketches, music, web series, and movies. The beans always have new ideas percolating, so make sure to check us out at patreon.com slash small beans. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash small beans, where you can browse all of our current and past content, see what we've got planned in the future, and learn how your support can help the small beans grow into huge giant monster beans. If you enjoyed this content module, please like, rate, subscribe, or tell a friend about us. We love you!